0: Well, welcome to uh, another edition of uh, Guerrilla Discipleship. My name is Kevin Baker. I get to be your host. And it is a joy to continue to talk about the Great Commission and really all that God's asked us to do in the world. Uh, We have been invited by God, actually commanded by God, to go into all the world to make disciples of all nations. God cares about the whole world, every tribe, every tongue, every language, every color, every race, every ethnicity every person in the world God cares about. And here's the interesting thing, if you think about our churches, especially here in, uh, in the U.S., is that God said for us to go, and we have decided to say to those who are far from God, why don't you come? Now, how did we get that shift? Right. God said, go into all the world. When the 11 disciples in Matthew 28, when the 11 disciples went to that mountain in Galilee that Jesus had invited them to go to, he's already been crucified, he's resurrected, and he he gives them this command. And he says, go into all the world, go into all the world and, and make disciples of all the nations. There were by many people's estimates, 200 million people in the world today. Now, it's interesting. Jesus didn't say, stay right here in Galilee and work on the people in Galilee. He actually gave them the whole world. And and there's 11 of them, right? And they're coming out of discouragement. They're coming out of doubt. And he says, hey, the mission that I have for you is that my father wants all of his children home and many of them are far from him. Many of them don't know about him. In fact, the way 11 Jewish men would have heard go into all the nations or go to the nations would have been the Gentiles, those who, were, who really had no understanding of God or who were following other gods, false gods. And so God tells us, he gives us this command to go out. Now, let's just be honest with ourselves. There are lots of people that we know who are far from God. There are lots of people that we know that are walking with God, and and that's okay. But there are people all over the world, every one of of us has in our family, somebody who's far from God, somebody who has uh, written God off, somebody who's claiming to be agnostic or atheist. We work with coworkers, right? And these people matter to God, and their lives matter to God. And God wants them to come home into this unbelievable banquet of joy and peace and freedom and happiness. And so we have in the West said, well, it's the church's job as if somehow the church is an institution. This is what we're fighting against here in guerrilla discipleship, that the church is us. We are the church. It's not an institution. It's it's I'm the church. You're the church. And so God asked us to go to lost people, and we've said, hey, our doors are always open. I can tell you I've heard churches say, our doors are open. Why would you, if your kids were lost, would you just stay in your house and say, well, the doors are open. I'm assuming they'll come back. No, you would go out after them. You would be asking your friends and neighbors and others uh, in the family to go help you search for them. And that's what God's asked us to do. And so we go out into the world looking for and, and being uh, intending to be used by God to find and to draw lost people back to God in two ways. One, we do it just as we go about our day, as we go to the grocery store, as we go shopping, as we go to work, as we, we travel. We're always, God's inviting us always to be on the lookout for ways that we can engage with people, to see them. To notice them the way Jesus noticed them, to bring the kingdom of God to become a reality for them, and invite them to know this God who loves them. But there are also, because God commanded this to the disciples, he didn't say, hey, when you get a chance, can I, you know, look at it again. This was a passion for Jesus. Jesus and he asked it to be a passion for us. He didn't say if you get a chance, if you ever get your schedule calmed down, maybe when you retire in the summer when you're not working. What what I mean, Jesus asked us, commanded us to do this to make it our life's mission. So we we should be doing it as we're going through our life. But we need to set aside some time to say how am I intentionally searching for, seeking out, and trying to build relationships with lost people, not to evangelize them in the typical way of what we have uh, perhaps heard about or our biggest fears are, right? You know, that I've got to go out with a tract and say, do you know Jesus? If not here, let me tell you and convince you as to why you should believe in Jesus. Actually, what Jesus said is go out and make them into disciples, Make them into, How do you make someone into a disciple? Well, again, we've been saying that a disciple is someone who hears God and obeys God. And so we need to begin to ask them, invite them into obedience. And so we've been doing this in a variety of ways. And one of the ways, I'm not saying this is the only way, but one of the ways that we've been doing it is we've been going out and praying, just asking God. We go out two by two. Jesus always, he didn't send us out alone. We go out in pairs and we just pray over a neighborhood, our neighborhood, or a neighborhood that's close to us where we know there, maybe there's crime or maybe there's depression, maybe there's hopelessness. It's a neighborhood that needs, maybe there's a neighborhood with a lot of kids. You know, ask God which neighborhood, if it's not your own, and that just walk and pray. Pray that each house, each apartment, each uh, condo, whatever it is, townhouse, that each person, each family that's represented there would know God, would, would know how loved they are by God. And as you're going, one of the things we've been doing is if we see people out in the neighborhood, we, we find out if we can serve them. We ask them, can we pray for you? If they're hauling, if they're, they're hauling some heavy piece of, uh, of furniture, we, we don't just say, oh gosh, I'll pray for you. Uh, we say, can we help you? We're just out serving our neighbors. Can we help you? How could we help you today? And how could we pray for you today? And when you engage in those conversations, and can I just tell you, people are willing to engage in those conversations. They're shocked at first. Of course, there sometimes is a little suspicion, like what do you really want? Um, I would advise you to dress casually, not to to put on your white shirt and a name tag because they'll confuse you for someone else, but to just walk in, in everyday clothes to go out and, and be, you know, shorts, a t-shirt if it's warm weather, whatever would be appropriate, and, and walk and, and interact with your neighbors. Whether your neighbors, remember Jesus said, who is our neighbor? That was the question to him. And he said, basically, everybody's our neighbor. It's whoever we make our neighbor. And so your neighbors don't have to be the people that live on your street. They can be the people who live down the road, but that you're intentionally making them your neighbor. And you walk and you pray over their neighborhood, and then you interact with them and you serve them. Is there any way I could serve you today? What could I help you with to show you the kindness and love of God? You Not only do you do kind actions, but you also make sure you tie those actions back to why you're there. You're not there because you're a good person. You're not there to get them to think, oh, what a great neighbor I have. You're there there to show them the love of God and to point them to God, to invite them to a relationship with God. So one of the ways that we've been doing this uh, here at Oakdale Church is that we go out, we pray. If we see someone, we say, hey, we're just praying over the neighborhood. Is there anything that we could pray for you today? And if they say, oh yeah, well, here's what's going on, what we've asked people to do is think of a few Bible stories and to have those stories ready. So, so for instance, if you are out praying and you say, uh, hey, is there something we could pray for you for today? And they say something like this. Yes, my mother is really sick or my spouse is sick, or my kid is sick, if it's an illness thing. Well, think of some stories of of illness and healing in the scripture. Man, you know, the story that I, one of the stories that I love is the story of that woman who had been hemorrhaging for 12 years, seen every doctor uh, and and still w- was no better. And she thought, if I could just touch the hem of Jesus's robe, and she was immediately healed when she did. There's the story of the paralyzed man who four friends, when Jesus was teaching in a house and it was so crowded you couldn't even get to the house uh, these four friends carried their paralyzed friend not only to the house but up on the roof and lowered him down. so those are two healing stories so somebody says, yeah my mom is really sick. she's been to the doctors and and it's just not getting better. Hey uh, man we would love to pray for you before we pray for you can I tell you a story? And you just tell them in in one minute, you just tell them there was a woman who had been hemorrhaging for 12 years and she had seen all the doctors and she was no better. And Jesus was in town and she thought, if I could just touch his robe, I've heard that he's been able to heal all kinds of diseases. If I could just touch his robe and she uh, approached him and touched his robe. And because of her faith, she was healed immediately. And so what I would say is basically, hey, let's just ask God to, to allow your mom to just touch the the hem of Jesus. It doesn't have to be someone coming and, and having a big prayer service. We just want to ask God and then and pray. You've told a little story and then you pray. And then at the end of that, you might say something like this. Hey, would you be interested in more uh, stories of healing out of the scriptures to just discover how God does heal and, and how God has healed in the past? And if they say yes, then we have a format, we, we call it the Discovery Bible Study Format. It's just seven questions that, you can, that anybody could do. You can do that with the person. Say, hey, could I meet you back maybe tomorrow or next week or whatever day would be convenient, just 20 minutes. Uh, and I'll show you this format that you can discover for yourself or you could discover with your family. And we are finding that people are interested in spiritual things. They they don't want to be told what they're supposed to believe. That's for sure. I think the world is tired, or certainly here in our culture, the world is tired of Christians telling them what they're supposed to believe. And so the question for us as followers of Jesus is, do we trust that the Holy Spirit will use the Word of God as people, even those who don't know God, as they read his word. You know, when Jesus gave the disciples that command to go out into all the nations, to make disciples of all nations, to baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, to teach them to obey all that Jesus commanded them. If you remember, at the very end of that, what Jesus said was this, and I will be with you. I'll be with you wherever you go. Until the end of time. That's what Jesus said. Now, I would say even more than that, if you read the Gospels, Jesus often sent his disciples where he had already planned to go or was already at work in the hearts of people. And what we're finding as we go out is that God's already at work. There are people already there, very hungry. We've had people say to us, I can't believe you came today. I was desperate yesterday and just asking God, uh, and just praying that God would somehow send me an answer. We've had people literally say, I believe you're an answer from God. I believe you were sent to me from God. You see, as we obey God's command, the truth is we find that he's already at work in these places. He's already drawing some of those folks who are far from him close in, and he's asking us to participate. He's asking us to partner with him, and what a privilege it is. I I think we're finding this, that 90% of the people Who we, as we encounter, as we go out and ask them to pray, probably eighty to ninety percent are willing to let us pray. Or there, we we've not found anybody in our going yet that's been mean or or uh, upset about it. They 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 might say no. Sometimes they're nervous. Right? We've been going into some areas where they don't speak English very well, and not all of our teams uh, speak Spanish. Uh, There's not it's not just uh, Spanish that's spoken there. There's other languages, but. Uh, Portuguese, uh, uh, other languages, but sometimes when people don't know uh, the language, if they don't speak English well, they feel uncomfortable in, count- in these encounters. Uh, we've also seen that if two men go out and there's just a, a, a couple of women together, that they can feel a little bit nervous. And so we, we try to be very cautious. We don't, we don't want anyone to feel nervous. We don't want anyone to feel upset or, or threatened in any way. We're not there to do anything other than pray for them. So, but what I would say is that that 80 to 90% of the people are fine. Yeah, man, thanks. I would love for you to pray. Or no, no, thank you. Uh, again, uh, very, very blessed conversations. And then if someone says they are, if they are willing to engage with you and they are willing to talk about prayer, they we found virtually no one who wouldn't take a second to listen to a story or a, a minute or two to listen to a story. They, they're like, yeah, sure. Now, not everybody says afterwards, yes, I would. I would love to, to uh, know more about the scripture, but most of them do. And in fact, what we've found is some of our teams that are going out uh, are, are basically what they're doing is they're saying, hey, we're going to meet in the community here, and we're just going to run a, a Discovery Bible study, if any of you ever want to join us, so that you begin to be a comfortable presence in the neighborhood. Now, this is not the only way to do this. Many of you are, are trying to figure out how to reach your coworkers and um, so it's a whole different thing at work, right? You, you, you. But you could say, "Hey, I'm going to just have a time of prayer here at uh, at work. Would any of you be interested in joining?" Or, or maybe you'd say, "Hey, I'd like to, dis- to start a discovery Bible study. I, I, I want to. Would anybody be interested in discovering what God's Word has to say about? Pick a topic, anxiety. Do you see? There's so many ways that we can get together and invite people to discover for themselves. And it starts with spiritual conversations. It starts by getting beyond our fear and being willing to raise spiritual subjects with people. Would you like to know or tell me about your beliefs? Somehow engaging them beyond weather or sports or, or politics or whatever else that we might be engaging them in. And I know that this is uncomfortable for a lot of us. We feel uh, we're afraid of rejection. We feel like it's not appropriate. We've been told by many people that it's it, this isn't what the church does. Again, we sit in our buildings, and we just hope that they come into the building. But again, if your kids were lost, you wouldn't just stay in the building. You would go out, and God said, these are my kids that, that are far from me, and I want them to know how much I love them. He did not command us to sit. He did not command us to stay. He did not command us to gather in our church buildings he commanded us to go. Look again at Matthew 28. The command is to go. And we can't live obedient lives and disobey the very central command, the great commission that Jesus gave to each one of those of us who call ourselves followers of Jesus. And so I know, because I know how difficult this is, um, next week I'm going to interview one of our staff, Ann Jordan, who. Uh, I, I just asked her if she would come and talk with me about how her experiences of going out uh, and just praying with people uh, have gone. And I've asked Ann for this reason, because, and I think Ann will admit this, that this is this is really new behavior for Ann. It's new behavior for a lot of us. But this is not, uh, you know, Ann's not the most extroverted person in the world. And so I hope you'll tune in with us next week. I hope you'll be a part of that because it's going to be a, a wonderful conversation with Ann Just sharing her experiences and what God's been doing and what God's been showing her as she's moving out of of her comfort zone and finding, I think you're going to hear her say, she's actually finding a new comfort zone. Hey, I'm so uh, just overjoyed that you would give us a few minutes to continue to think through, continue to talk about, and to look at honestly what it means to obey Jesus, to be his disciples it would seem from Matthew 28 that Jesus would say, if you're my disciple, you've got to be going. You've got to be making other disciples. And, and, and there, how many of us, how many of us are going to live our whole lives of following Jesus and never make one other disciple? Never actually really go. Never com- obey that command. And, and again, think about meeting your heavenly father face to face knowing that so many of his kids were far from him lost and he commanded you to go search and you never once, never once obeyed that command. Think about what will happen if we do obey and we find that there are those who have been just wanting and waiting for someone to invite them, for someone to show them the way home. Think about the transformation of a marriage, the transformation of a life, the transformation of a of a family because someone, someone somewhere prayed, reached out, spoke, invited, enabled, equipped. Oh my goodness. The The world needs discipleship more now than ever. Our culture needs discipleship now more than ever. Thank you so much for being here and uh, tune in next week. Ann and I are going to have a great conversation and I, uh, I sure hope you'll be a part of it. All right. Thanks for being a part of Guerrilla Discipleship. Thanks for uh, allowing us to be a part of what God's doing in your life. And God bless you, and we'll see you next week.